Right, one more time. Right, so... So, Russ, I must begin by offering my condolences. Alan Houston has finally announced his retirement. This is a bad thing? Is that is what you're saying? <laughs> I think my comment was that it's... it's you're saying I think it's, it's bad. It's a really bad moment in Nick's history. This is a guy who could still contribute. One of the most um, prolific two... $100 trillion a year players at shooting guard who never played um, that I can remember anyway in the NBA. I'm correct in saying that uh, he forfeits the remainder of his $100 million contract, right? By uh, retiring? I, don't, I don't think so, because he retires on the basis of injury, right? Is he really still collecting money? Does that count into the salary cap? <laughs> I actually have no idea. <laughs> but it would be really <laughs> funny. Why, I mean, I, it would be really funny if about it, it. It would be funny if it did. I mean, he's been useless, so he may as well be useless and not take up the salary cap, you know. Uh, let me That's see. Let me the see. equation there. I'm looking to find the... I uh, assume that he, this was helping the team somehow. It wasn't just him saying, I'm going to collect my money in Boca Raton instead of in the uh, Knicks training facility. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where is the freaking... You could just send my checks to the island instead of uh, the rehab clinic, okay? Good. All right, I guess I'm retired then. Okay. Yes, it says... Okay, so it actually says... Uh, the only thing Houston's gimpy knees can contribute to the Knicks are his retirement, which will allow the team to recoup some of the money he still owed. Uh, if he Yay! appeared on the Yeah. If he appeared on the bottom of his fantasy rankings, it's safe to remove him altogether. I would love to know the fantasy player who wanted to go out of his way to draft Alan Houston. That guy... That guy... Somebody has him every year. I, I just... They're like, I, free throw percentage... Roxor. <laughs> I I just can't. Going to Roxor, your three man. Your the the New York fans are still pronouncing his name Houston, so it's cool. <laughs> yep. I know. I was doing that too. I was like, take a left on East Houston Street. They're like, no, no, it's East Houston. Here we pronounce it Houston. Even Houston pronounces it Houston, but we're in New York, so we can do what we want. So I was like, okay, well that's true. Alan Houston. Alan Houston. Yep. There was a point in time where uh, they they would say, and this is not just the New York media, although admittedly mostly the New York media, who would say that he was the second best player talent-wise in the league after Michael Jordan. That is crazy, but it he is. was scoring, you know, 40 points a game, but that was more a testament to how much the Knicks were awful than anything else. Exactly. Well, this was back when they were had their, like, 15-year consecutive playoff streak, you know? This was when they were solid, and he was the superstar. Wait, when was that? Russ, you've been sleeping it was like too in much the again. Early 90s, early 90s. Like <laughs> many, many years ago. 76, when Alan Let's Houston say was a wee lad. In 1993, Alan Houston was the second best player in the league, according to some sources. I never bought into this, because his best player in the league consisted of, I can spot up and take a jump shot, or I can pump fake, take a step, and then take a jump shot. <laughs> or I could take a Those jump shot, have it blocked, have. then get the ball back and take a jump shot. Or occasionally, if there's nobody there, I can drive in for a layup. And he can dunk the ball without authority. I can, t- <laughs> I can take a jump shot two inches to the basket. <laughs> uh, he was a great shooter. He's one of the best shooters I've ever seen. And uh, he wasn't particularly clutch, wasn't particularly durable, didn't particularly have any kind of winning instinct. But boy, was he worth a lot of money to the New York Knicks. Woo! Sure was.
Booyah. Well, he overpaid. <laughs> give him something. Oh, man. Well, how long was that contract, too? Didn't they sign him for like seven years or something? They're like, this guy's unstoppable. Yeah, like seven hundred million. $700 million. $100 million. Awesome. So good. So funny. I could build a giant robot that would assassinate all of the other NBA players for $100 million, and then you would have no problem. <laughs> That's true. You don't need to give it to <laughs> Alan Houston. And you'd still have the giant robot when you're done with that. Almost as legal as giving Alan Houston a contract. That's yeah. true. I haven't played against the replacement players when all the NBA players are dead. Then it'll look like a $100 million player. And the Washington Wizards take the floor. They know that they have no player. What's <laughs> this? It's a giant robot. Oh, my God. Brendan Haywood drops to the ground. Ah, death. And that looks robot like he's earning his salary. <laughs> I, some people, some skeptics scoffed at the idea of a great killer assassin robot, but I'll bet they're not scoffing now, are they, Bob? Nope, nope, they're not. I think it's going to take something like that to put sports salaries in perspective. If somebody a, a takes killer the assassin robot payroll over five years and you know decides to nuke, use it to build up a nuclear weapons program and nuke New York, then you win. You beat the Yankees. You've you've succeeded. Clearly, the baseball salaries are out of proportion if they can't compete with a nuclear weapons <laughs> program. <laughs> so basically, instead of using diplomacy versus Iran, fair, we should put Major League Baseball against them. Violently end sports teams. Is, isn't it just easier to shoot down the plane? That the team is flying on. I mean, why do why do they send the whole team on one plane? Oh, sure, that's true. How much does one you know shoulder fired rocket cost? What is that like? Seven thousand dollars for a nice heat seeking shoulder fired rocket? Come on, you guys. You guys forget though that they use decoys for these teams. There's actually one team plane and then one fake team plane, which is composed of basically very tall, (laughs) unathletic people who wave out the windows. Right, exactly, and no one knows which is which. The stunt doubles. That's great. <laughs> That's where Ozzy Canseco had his job for 20 years, riding the stunt double team the plane. Or Bill Ripken. <laughs> Cal Ripken's, you know, ill-fated, Billy, you know, yeah, Billy, Billy Ripken. Ripken, you know? Jeez. Oh, this guy was terrible. Wow. Proof that genetics means me. nothing. <laughs> Billy Ripken. <laughs> they have they have his uh, DVD. Have you guys seen this? Where it's like the Ripken way, and they show you know like, this is the what has caused Cal Ripken and Bill Ripken to you know amass you know three thousand you know three thousand hits. I'm like yes, for a Cal Ripken to amass twenty nine ninety eight, and for Billy to amass two of them. That's <laughs> like <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's like combining the combined wealth of the world, and the U.S. has seventy percent of it. You know. Oh, yeah. That's like that stupid stat about um, brother tandems that have hit the most home runs in the major leagues. Right. <laughs> guess who is the top tandem? Take a wild guess. Uh, top tandem. Would that be Mark McGuire? No, it's Hank Aaron and Tommy Aaron. Oh, I, yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. I did know that. Tommy Aaron hit like 22 home runs in his career. And so together they have like 780 home runs or something. So That's it's not it's not hilarious. Jason Giambi and his brother Jeremy Giambi. No, not even <laughs> close. It's the Aaron's. Um, but they do I win think the maybe award. Maybe the Dimaggios are up there somewhere. Again, with win- Joe having you know almost 400 and Dom having 15 or something. But they do win the award for having them taking the most drugs of any brother tandem, Jeremy and Jason. Yeah, that's right. It's the exact same thing. Jason took, you know, 99% of the drugs, and uh, Jeremy took Tylenol. And so combined, they have no. taken the most drugs. <laughs> no, that's not true. He did take steroids. Ever. <laughs> no, he said he took steroids. He did. Jeremy, yeah, Jeremy Giambi confessed to it first. Did he not take enough steroids? <laughs> did he oh, no. Him into the wrong, uh, but that's the best something? thing. That's the best thing ever, though. Have you guys heard what pitcher from the New York Mets has now been suspended for taking steroids? And you can understand oh, why yeah, when you hear it. Is. About that. 
Absolutely, I did. Did you hear about that this story? Felix Heredia, sir. Felix it's Heredia. <laughs> no, oh. it's Felix Heredia. Clearly, it doesn't work very well for pitchers. If it's Ryan Franklin and Felix Heredia, I think all pitchers out there can just get as far away from steroids as possible. I and agree. Do just fine. I think that there's like two different versions of, of steroids out there. There's the good kind, and then there's the crap-ass cheap kind that are not really steroids. Yes, it's uh, actually you know? cholesterol. So they're <laughs> <infecting. laughs> Look, Greg, it's just a matter of work ethic, okay? Some guys work really hard. They take their steroids every single day, and they're really good. Other guys are lazy. They didn't train, and so they get steroids. They inject it into their elbow. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They're like, I don't they, need to put it in my butt themselves up. <laughs> exactly. They just squirt it in the air from the syringe and try to drink it. They That's have no they regimen. They, they have no discipline. They have no regimen, and so they take stupid steroids. <laughs> They just end up being like guys with you know half a neck that's bloated or something. It doesn't help them. <laughs> it like gives them tremendous muscles in the area of their head. <laughs> right. Oh my god. The uh, that Simpsons episode with the Ken Griffey Jr. disorder where he drinks that tonic and his head swells up and yeah. he can't play in the uh, softball. It's awesome. I remember that. That's one. what happens to them. I think that the, the that Heredia has got to get the word for the most for the most. Uh, the saddest ass athlete of all time. It's like you've been cut by the Yan- you've been traded by the Yankees. The Mets don't want you either. You're possibly the worst left-hander to play, and you've been suspended for steroids. What are you going to do now? You know, I'm going to Disneyland. Like, what? 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 I don't understand how you can have a guy have this be this. How did he even end up in the major leagues in the first place? I don't get it. I thought he was just trying to transition into a career as a bodybuilder. That could be. He certainly so. has the has the build for it. <laughs> That's just what they do. They're like, if this doesn't work out, I'm like 75% of my way to being Mr. Universe over 35. <laughs> and they're going to be dead by the time they're 40, so they've got to you know, yep. do something else that's going to be big and flashy yeah. and pain. It's true. But if true. you think about it, that's like a, a fail-safe. That's like, you know, if I get so embarrassed by the media and my family and that I took steroids, you know, at least I'll be dead in six years. Oh, Jesus. I suppose that's accurate. Did you guys see that, uh, ster- that study they did of high school athletes? where it said that um, the typical... They did a poll, and they found that... They asked the high school athlete, they said, if you knew that steroids could make you a better athlete, but you knew for a fact that it would take 10 years away from the end of your life, would you do it? And something on the order of 80% of them said, yes, we would do it. It would take the 10 years off the end of our life. Okay, to be fair, there was a similar poll of high schoolers that asked them if you could get no material benefit whatsoever and take 15 years off your life just for the heck of pissing off your parents, would you do it? You know, the similar number responded that way. So, so it's sort of more about high schoolers and less about steroids. So maybe they, like, maybe they weren't even paying attention. It was if they, like if they said 80% of high schoolers prefer asphalt to like foam, they'd be like, yes, yes, we, we agree, more asphalt, less foam. Well, I mean, as long as it as long as it was like you know the cool thing to do that seemed dangerous at the time. So Clea just pointed something out. What was okay. it you were saying, Clea? Oh, that's very clear. Teenage girls. <laughs> no, Why? I can't I, yes, it's true. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't think of that myself. No. You know, guys, you guys got an attitude problem. It's not my oh, fault. Oh, I can actually hear you. Yeah, well, anyway, I didn't necessarily want to get in on this whole thing here. I'm just simply saying that... Yes, you did. This is the... 
silliest thing I've ever seen. The lamest attempt. The grandstands in the podcast. Got it. Anyway, what I was saying was, it's a standard question that they ask in disordered eating. They ask teenagers if they could lose 10 pounds for the whole life, would they be willing to take 10 years off their life? And they say yes. Pound per year works for me. This, this again, I, I mean, not to trivialize it too much, but this again reinforces my idea that if you ask teenagers, will they do any darn thing possible that has any possible benefit to take 10 years off their life? I mean, they just don't want to be old, okay? When you're a teenager, you just don't want to be old. That's all that's really going on. That's what this poll is about. Nobody's yet run the green bean study of, like, if you could eat green beans for five minutes straight and it took 10 years off your life, would you do it? But they would. That's what you don't realize. If, uh, you know, you could live, if you could get a free cell phone oh God. and you could stab yourself with a rusty knife when you had 10 years left to live, would you do it? Absolutely. I would stab myself with a rusty knife so I could have a new cell phone now. Yes. Exactly. I think it's more just like I'm people, you know, if you ask them the question, would you like to know less about statistics, 75% say yes. <laughs> they just don't understand anything. I mean, think about it. What kind of crappy exchange rate is that? They trade a year for a pound. So they would rather, instead of losing one 365th of a pound every day, they would rather die earlier. That's brilliant. Right, so that's... And it makes sense, because if they lost, you know, 120 pounds right now, then they'd be dead. <laughs> and that's what they got to live. If they were you, sorry. That's a good math. <laughs> well, yeah. Fair enough. But, I mean, it's mostly anorexic girls they ask, so it's it's me and the anorexic girl. That's true. Sa- same difference. Nice peer group. <laughs> Is that your peer group story, you and anorexic girls? Wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> and story dropped dead. I think Clea just called story an anorexic girl. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing. And usually like half of what I'm hearing is my own voice because of the goddamn reverb, but beyond that, it was pretty funny. That's Greg's fault. Greg, I never wanted to get in on this thing because then all I get is put down by Russ. Oh, reverb. Oh, God. See? So and I story never is now officially done. He's never podcasting ever again. He said, I knew this was a bad idea. I'm going to go make up some statistics. I've inspired him. Alright, I'm getting off because all I get is just pissy Russ, and I don't want pissy Russ. I'm sure he's really funny normally, so let me... Pissy Russ. See, now he's... Yeah, now he's getting upset with me. Story, are you alive? Yeah, sorry, I had to to disappear. (laughs) The phone rang. That was an inopportune time, my friend. We thought that you'd gotten, like... Zanged like the worst zinger ever in the history of I'm mankind, sorry, guys. and that you just collapsed okay, on yourself and fell on your sword. I'll be honest. The doorbell actually rang. It sounded like the phone was actually the doorbell. And somebody offered me this deal where I could lose 10 pounds to take off 10 years of my life. But what I didn't realize is I'm actually going to die in nine and a half years. But uh, so I, I read the fine print though and got out of it at the last second. So it was pretty close there for a while. I saw this tunnel of light. It was really scary. Thank you. All right. I'm going to get off now. Have fun, you guys. Bye, Clea. Bye, Clea. Are you, like, making fun of my wife? What what are you doing? 
saying things loudly so that you can hear them through your reverb department. No, there's no reverb now. It's all plugged in and now, fixed. Now, 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 now. Fixed, 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 fixed. It's fixed. Fixed, <laughs> fixed. So I'm just looking down at these uh, some headlines here. They have Florida preparing for record-breaking Hurricane Wilma. And I don't know if you guys followed this at all, but this hurricane strengthened from a tropical storm to the apocalypse in five minutes. Like I went, I, I was I was going through, and I was like I was looking at some sports thing. And it was like Wilma, Again. tropical storm. Then it was like Wilma, category three. Wilma, category five. I'm like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? Like it's the all most intense. Okay, what's going ever. on is all these Floridians were offered to take two years off their life if they just uh, <laughs> lost ten pounds and so. <laughs> and they were so like, the fine. Here's the ten years you're taking off. Wilma, blah. Here you go. <laughs> everyone, everyone collectively loses ten years. Uh, Wilma will now speed up to something far beyond its power. Yep. Boom. You know what I think I'm is going you, on. This explains everything. This this thing about high schoolers explains absolutely everything. It's all their fault. It was me like 10 years ago. It's all their fault. Yep. Makes, I agree. Yeah, I think a lot of this has to do with teenagers in general. They have this guy. Yeah, uh, I have a different opinion. Uh, oh, what's that? I believe that uh, one of the characters from Dragon Ball Z is sitting somewhere in the eastern Atlantic, and uh, he just keeps sitting there going, Duna, 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 Duna! Duna! <laughs> he creates a hurricane every few days or so. That is that is possibly the most brilliant and not not you know previously considered idea behind the hurricane season. It's got nothing to do with global warming. It's because we haven't gotten this one dude from Dragon Ball Z. I think that's a tremendous that's yeah. a tremendous thought. The first time I saw that cartoon, I thought it was just like this is the screaming contest cartoon, where you have one guy who like tenses up his muscles as much as he can and he starts going, <laughs> and the other guy's like, pretty good, but how about this? <laughs> That's not bad. Oh, but try this one on. on me. Ah. I must respond. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the thing where they have the still photo with like the camera zooming past them and lots of yellow and blue lines in the background for no reason. You know, with music like you know something like that. Just a big video game. It's whoever spams the A button the fastest gets the big energy ball. What's that? I'm going to need a replay on what the music is like. They actually, I was going to tell you guys, I found this the coolest thing ever. They literally may be the coolest thing ever, which is they have software now where you can remix old video game themes. So... I don't know whether you guys would know this one or not. Maybe, I'm not sure. Story probably wouldn't know it, I don't think, but Russ might, because I think pretty sure he's played this game. Um, so see if you can recognize this theme. The theme was this. As Greg sings it. Right, here's the theme. The theme is this. It's... You got me. Okay, I'll give you a hint. It was airy and spacey, and the game had fog in it. Uh, George Bush's mind? That's true, but oh. I don't think... I think his music's more like, I hate you, you hate... I think, so... <sighs> dun, dun, da, 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 da. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, What else can I get? Ah, 
This see, but this will be an immediate giveaway. This is the only video game in which the main character uses a whip. Uh, that's his weapon. Indiana Jones. No video game. Oh, well, I suppose that's true. Real video game. Indiana Jones is not a real video game. No, Indiana Jones. I mean, I don't think it was like, a Nintendo game. No, but clearly they made game. video games from that movie. Yes, they did, and they all sucked. I mean, real video games that are not movie video games. A whip. A whip. What system is this? All systems. It was on all systems, literally. All systems. All systems are go. All systems are not go. <laughs> System is down. Yeah, no, all systems. Oh. Uh, no. There's okay. no such thing. All right, I'll give you one more hint. This one is not a hint. This is pretty much just telling you what it is. It all takes place. This it is has me, Greg spelling the name of the video exactly. game that we get to pronounce you it. Have when to, he's you have to fight, you fight Dracula in this game. Oh, Dracula. Castlevania? That's it. I'm there sorry, I should have got that earlier. Yes, you should have. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> I wasn't a big Castlevania fan, but I yeah, knew but enough. It was on, it of, was on every know, system ever. To not be retarded. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Yeah, Castlevania. So, so, anyway, the guy remixed the theme. So he added in all these orchestras. So instead of having the stupid little, you know, he made it this into this orchestra. So it's like, dun da 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 dum ba dun dun da dum ba it cool. sounds your, like your voice to me. Well, yes. Yeah, that's really so He was remixing it without my no, voice. No, they actually mixed in Greg's voice. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was a separate instrument. <laughs> they were like, I want Greg's mix of Greg's voice as timpani. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Greg's voice is 32-bit. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah, at least. Anyway, so Wilma is heading towards Florida, and that means we're going to get hit by yet another hurricane. And they've also run out of hurricane names, by the way. There is no more hurricane names left. But that's true. That means they can true. go, Wilma! Yes. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, hurricane it must suck to have the actual name of Wilma <laughs> or Katrina. Like, I feel like to be named Katrina. down the street. Or Wilma. Yeah. I mean, just a bad... Did you know I grew up on a street called Katrina Falls Road? Really? Ooh. So it's your doing. Ooh. I mean... Spooky. Did you know that my dad lives <laughs> on Woodcock Lane? Caused Ooh. What? Er, I mean, it's a bird. <laughs> I've ceased to but follow anything well you're talking about at all. You know that porno name game where you come up with a porno name for yourself by naming the first name of your pet yeah. and then the street that you grew up on? Yeah, yeah. My, my answer to that game is Ace Woodcock, and I always win. Every time. <laughs> Ace Woodcock is solid. Yes, indeed. I have, like, the oh, trump dear. card for that game forever. Can we not play the pun game on this particular <laughs> subject? That would be great. <laughs> yes, I, I'd appreciate that. Yes, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work out so very well. I mean, it's about the only time I don't want to play the pun game. Trust me. I know, I was going to say. Uh, Did you guys see the big, uh, the, the winner this week of the most emailed news? I'm sure Why would I see frivolous. that? When do I read such things that I would ever see that? You yes. don't, except Wednesday nights. I saw it the other day when I was looking up most sent news article about news. Yep. That wasn't news. It was itself. when you were Greg. But remember, remember Russ, that time that you were Greg? Remember? <laughs> the time that I was podcasting and I thought that, yeah. <laughs> that time? So he, so the most emailed news story of this year is the following. Starbucks stirs things up with a God quote on cups. That's right. Starbucks is going to start putting quotes, including religious quotes, on their cups. So you get, like, 
you know, God is with us on your grande half chai capilate thing. Is God is dead one of them also? I'm sure it is. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, there I mean, is. They'll uh, be presenting both sides of the of the spectrum here. Well, apparently they do have. They have. A bit, they have apparently created some controversy. Baylor University, it says, pulled Starbucks cups after objections to a quote from writer Armistead Maupin saying that life is too damn short to hide being gay. So I guess they're trying to get everything what? covered. That's what it said. What? Are you saying no. what at the quote or what at Baylor pulling the cu- pulling the cup? That that was on a a Starbucks cup. <laughs> Life is too damn short to hide being gay. That's what it said. Are you? That was on a a Starbucks cup. Yeah. I don't think that's true. That would be pretty much the stupidest thing Starbucks could do. Would be to just randomly enrage different groups of people. How how is that a marketing decision of any kind? <laughs> it gets people talking about their cups. Uh, it's on the cup and you have something to read that pisses yeah. you off, makes you want to throw hot coffee into the <laughs> face of the <laughs> You're like, I love this coffee, but I hate this, this quote. Thought, this. Give me more of it. Oh, yeah, They really thought that one through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we put quotes on it. Why? Oh, we got so much space there. Might as well. well. What should we put on there? Oh, whatever. Just... Decide whatever you want. Yep. All right. I hate gays, so I'm putting that up on there. Okay. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. That? Yep. that was actually uh, my phone. Um, AFK for just a minute here. Sure. I think Greg is building his assassin robot because that's what it sounded like. <laughs> it's true. He's like Alan Houston engaged. Here we go. I mean, Granted, we know nothing about cell phones and what they may or may not sound like, but still. This is a good point. That's true. <laughs> For all I know, that was actually a llama. It's when you're saying cell phone, I mean, I can understand what those two words mean, that, you know, something about a phone and then cells, which I learned about in uh, biology. Right. But, uh, I don't I really think, think that they have exact, a meaning. Being taken, he's being taken to prison. That's what I'm going to interpret. Oh! Oh! That finally makes sense to me now. Thank you. I just know no reference for that term. But people would say it like every five seconds, cell phone, cell phone. It's true. And I knew why we, have the, we've we do have the highest per capita prison population of any country. Exactly. So we've tried so hard to avoid them yeah. because we secretly know prison is not actually a desirable place. It's true. We like our freedom. Exactly. Ooh, and then there's that whole other level of like... It's like a prison because you have, like, a, a bill that you're, like, wedded to, <laughs> and, like, you can't get away from people that want to call you. So, yeah, I feel that on, like, multiple levels. Uh-huh. It's true, man. It's so true. I, I can't believe that no one has ever done an ad like that. I guess just because it's universally thought of that cell phone culture is good, so no one would want to do. Like, there would be no rival cell company that would be like, your cell phone is like a cell. Maybe, I mean, they could say something like, so your cell phone won't be a cell anymore. But I've never seen an ad campaign that uh, uses that play on words. I think that's good material. But, oh, so you mean if they did, like, some kind of stupid marketing campaign about, like, a flexible billing policy? Right, exactly. Make some and then it's like, you're out of your cell, man. Check out of the cell and into the, you know, cell hell. Into Cellular. <laughs> exactly. Get out of the cell and into the thing, but not sing thing, singular, because that would be another. Oh cell. my God! Thing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't Only know. Only yeah. the Big <laughs> Bread Corporation could ever have a campaign <laughs> so punny. 
<laughs> it's true. Maybe maybe there's a reason this hasn't happened. It seems so strange Just a minute maybe. ago. There may be a reason that we're not ad execs right now making, you know, millions of dollars designing these things. But I can't imagine I can't what that would be, though. It's true. Seriously. I'm with you. So. So, yeah. You recently took a trip to the uh, one of our national parks or something? Yes, I did. It's true. I was gone almost all week to Yellowstone National Park. It was very nice. I mean, I think occasionally we forget that this is predominantly your audience. These are your people. So I think they want to know about these things. So I'll just take the, the, uh, the interviewer position for the time being. Okay. Just ad hoc very randomly. Well. So, okay. Mr. Clayton... Yes, runner of the Blue Pyramid dot org. <laughs> That's me. We were uh, speculating the last time we spoke about um, how you would be able to deal with your time away from the pyramid. It's true. That is true. And uh, well, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Well, there was um, profuse shaking. But, uh, then I kind of settled in and was okay, not uh, not being connected to the internet twenty four hours a day. Live streaming internet. From oh yeah, your, uh, um, your your trip. How was the, the trip? Yeah. Yellowstone was good. What no, animals did not. you discover? Did you fight a bear? Uh, we saw a lot of buffalo. We got within uh, ten ten feet of a buffalo. It was great. Uh, did you battle the buffalo? Saw, like three or four herds. There were buffalo everywhere. Um, no, that's actually discouraged. There was a moment when one of the buffalo turned its head and looked at us as though we were about to charge. But uh, Oh, nice. We sort of calculated how fast it would take us to run behind the Taurus, and then we sort of realized the irony of the fact that uh, we had a Taurus <laughs> that was sort of like a buffalo. And uh, by that time, I was gorged in the stomach, but uh, then I realized it was just my Internet withdrawal kicking in, and that was fine. The buffalo had moved on. That's, I think at that point, though, you should have, to gain the respect of the other buffalo, you should have kicked that one buffalo's ass to demonstrate that you would not be trifled with by any buffalo. Then you could have become the head of the Absolutely. buffalo at that point. This is precisely in line with my, my beliefs about life, animals, and uh, my general disposition. Yeah. Chief Bison, the Lord of the Buffalo. Tatanka? Oh, I'm, I'm down with the Tatanka thing. Yes, Dances okay. with Wolves, which we also saw one of the reintroduced gray wolves um, in uh, in the early morning just running across the road. We saw a buffalo later on in, in one of the towns, the communities, Mammoth Hot Springs in uh, North Yellowstone. Uh, we saw a buffalo use a crosswalk. That was great. It was also scratching itself on the uh, fire hydrant. So the buffalo have adapted well to humans. I would say, yeah. Although the minute they saw a latte and got pissed off at the God quote on the cuff. <laughs> what the hell is this God quote? <laughs> Freaking damn humans. Here, I'm going to go scratch myself on that hydrant. Yeah, good stuff. I wouldn't give a buffalo nickel for one of those damn messages with cups. Did you see M. Bison? Um, He's been in hiding. M. Bison, no. I, yeah. I don't... I don't get this one. You don't know M. M. Bison? The boss character from Street Fighter. Played by Roel Julia uh, yeah. in his last Street Fighter references movie are going to fly right over my head. <laughs> he was the guy I'm who, just saying. He was the guy who Roel Julia was like, I will ruin my career and finish it off by playing him and then died of embarrassment. Hey, wow. do you happen to know the uh, secret Japanese conspiracy surrounding the uh, boss characters in Street Fighter 2? 
Uh, no. Uh, no, I wasn't party to that, as I do not get any Street Fighter references, as I just said. Well, I mean, this is news from, you know, let's say 15 years ago, but it's still interesting, I think. The reason that the boss characters have these weird names is that they switched them all up from the Japanese version, because, not surprisingly, the boxing character who will maul you to death, who looks surprisingly like Mike Tyson, was originally named M. Bison. But this ah. didn't fly with uh, Tyson and his people when they you know, were promoting the game in America. So they had to switch all of the, uh, the bad guy names. So originally the, the end bad guy was named Vega, which sort of seems more like an end boss guy's name. Um, the boxer guy was M. Bison. I believe Sagat was the Spanish wimpy guy with the claws, which is more of a name of a Spaniard, I think. And uh, whatever name I'm missing, Balrog was the uh, Balrog was the name of the uh, the large second to last guy, and he seems very much like a guy would be named Balrog. So, it actually, interesting. They messed up all so, the names. Yes. So, was there outrage at messing up in this way 15 years ago? Only me when I read the little tiny section of Nintendo Power as an 11-year-old and found all this out. Someone, someone, and then did nothing. Russ somewhere was like, I've told Damn people it. 20 years later. <laughs> Russ was like, how can this be? I hope that there are riots now after people hear this and they're like, Damn it, all these years I've been using M. Bison and it was supposed to be Mike Tyson and it was not. I hate you, Famicom. <laughs> Everyone is just sort of yeah. like... Everyone's like, in, in a rather random occurrence, the, um, today a riot occurred, people being angry about some M. Bison. We have no details about this. Apparently it's 15-year-old news now. Spokesman for the company said they didn't the know what they were talking with about. pitchforks and torches approached the corporate headquarters of Famicom, which is actually an abandoned building. <laughs> Famicom dissolved exist. 11 years ago. <laughs> and started chanting, hell no, we but won't go. But they did shake the pitchforks and chant at the building. Meanwhile, they were run over by a stampede of actual bison. That's right. Who were who were pissed off who by the latte they the had drunk. Hydrant. Right, exactly. Who were yeah, pissed off by the latte on caffeine. <laughs> and it all comes together. Yay! <laughs> we are the Connector Brothers. Hooray! Oh my goodness. I think we have now won our game of Connect 4, guys. We can congratulate ourselves for that. What? We have four random topics. Let's put them together. One, two, three, four. I think we just pooned pooned the hell out of Larry David. Take that. (laughs) Take that, Larry David. Ah, the NBA. Yes, I wanted to talk about I wanted to ask you guys about this. The NBA and its new dress code. You guys heard about the dress code? Oh, oh. Greg, you reminded me of something. Can I make a slight shift? Yeah, yeah. After I answer my phone during wow. the podcast. Hang on one second. Well, in the meantime, I'll a- I'm going to ask Story about it. So, Story, what do you think about the NBA fashion code? No, I've, I've not heard about it. I just heard that there was some flap about it, and I didn't hear about it at all. So, what it is is it will require players to wear business casual attire when they are on league or team business and not in the uniform. Um, so, in other words, no do-rags, no, you know, no sunglasses, sleeveless shirts, chains, t-shirts, you know, all that kind of stuff. No vintage jerseys, Uh, nothing like that. I mean, what is defined as league business? Is this like they're walking around in a neighborhood where they might be recognized and that's league business? No, but like like if they're on the bench. 
like if they're on the bench, um, say, and they're injured or something like that, or if they're at a press conference afterwards, um, you know, giving giving press conference information and stuff like that. That's that's the idea. I mean, I'd say that's pretty close to the status quo as it is, in my experience. I mean, certainly benched injured players almost always show up in suits. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about the um, okay. the rest of the situations, like press conferences and stuff afterwards, but for the most part, I'd say that's pretty close to the way it is. Well, no, I mean, okay. but there are some, I guess there's been more examples like Ron Artest, Allen Iverson, people like that who sort of disagreed with it. And, and you lo- you're going to love the people who objected to it. Here are the people who objected to the dress code. Marcus Camby, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash are the ones who have come against it most strongly. The three most busted, dress-wearing, outfit people in the NBA. Marcus Camby. Are you saying Steve um, Nash wears a dress? I'm saying that Steve Nash should wear a dress because he's got hair that's eight feet long. That's what I'm saying about Steve Nash. All right, what does that say for me, sir? Um, It's a little bit different in your case, though, because as we pointed out, your peer group Uh is anorexic girls, so I think it all fits in. You'll you'll note as uh, (laughs) now as new podcasters, we have no need to be consistent in any of our arguments, so you don't have to worry about that. Right, exactly. So we can just make random statements. What was this thing you were excited about, Russ? I have like three things to say, and it's too much already. Uh, I'll just go with the... <laughs> yeah. Here we go, the ready? One, which is I was listening to these... Um, Russ is actually LA about to burst. <laughs> yeah. Too many arguments. I mean, my argument would be, to make it a little bit more interesting, I would say that um, a lot of what's popular about the NBA, to distinguish it from an unpopular similar venue, let's call it the WNBA, <laughs> the difference... Is that they're better? Aside from the obvious like <laughs> skill and size of the players, yes. is that in the NBA, the popular venue, the players express themselves on the court. Okay, They'll put up three fingers when they hit a three. They'll pose when they dunk. They, uh, a lot of, there's some machismo involved. And a lot of that culture is, I think, pretty much the same thing that these players are doing when they express themselves in how they dress off the court. Right, but Stern wants and that I change, think that you though. can't... You can't have one without the other. I know, but I'm just saying that it would be it's to his detriment to say, I'm going to take away this culture from the game because I think that's part of what makes it popular. The reason why the NBA isn't, you know, six chest passes and a jump shot is a good thing. And I don't think you want to move back to the era where it's six chest passes and a jump shot by making all these guys conform. So that would be my argument as to why you shouldn't do that. The only thing I'd say about that, though, is that the problem with the uh, many people say has existed with the NBA, and I mean, I think, frankly, the NBA has had a lot of trouble with non-compelling basketball for a while, is that it's gone so far away from the six chess passes and a dunk, that, I mean, and a, and a, you know, and a layup, that it's basically got to the point where all of these guys are just super one-on-one athletes, which leads to a lot of boring basketball. You, you know, nobody can hit a free throw, nobody can shoot the ball, you know, and you've got all these guys making millions of dollars running around looking like goofballs, um, and so you put those things together, yeah, and Greg, you, I, I don't think who, the product is improved. Who were in the finals last year? Greg, who, what teams were in the finals last year? San Antonio and uh, 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 Detroit. And Detroit. Right. The two teams that play the best team basketball of anyone in the league. Well, okay, what was it like when the Lakers won three, you know, three championships? 
with I mean, there was, Kobe Bryant. I know what you're going for. Like, there was Shaq. more scoring back then. No, 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 no. Oh, Recently. the new Lakers Yeah, team? I mean, Kobe and Shaq were not exactly, you know, super team, you know, team first, you know, think everything else later. I mean, it was basically Shaq, Kobe, and Robert yeah, Ory to hit one shot a game with the second left. That was basically it. But what overcame the Laker dynasty was these teams that came out with defense first, which means that they have to play as a team, they have to work together, and that was the model of San Antonio and Detroit. And the reason why those are the two best teams in the NBA is because they don't really rely on their superstars. They rely on the system. And so, you know, if that's the superior way to play, then other teams are going to have to figure it out eventually. Well, two things to that. First of all, that's true, but we'll see if it's actually going to be a long-term thing or if it's just a flash in the pan that these guys were able to do that. Secondly, this seems to be working against your argument. Bear in mind also, before you go on, that they do change the rules every single year to try to make more scoring because the defense pisses fans off. Yes. So oh, sure. that also plays into the ebb and flow. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's no question about that because everybody loves offense. That's definitely true. But I was going to say that might also... Doesn't that work against your argument, though? I mean, if you have teams like San Antonio, the number one star of which is Tim Duncan, who is not a point-his-fingers-in-the-air-and-talk-about-how-great-he-is-guy... And, you know, if Detroit is all about the team concept and has Larry Brown, who is perhaps the most boring man in the history of the universe, he seems like a good guy. He's just the most boring. Like, right. I've actually seen, as he, I've seen paint dry behind him that was fascinating to me as he spoke because he's so boring. Um, but Meanwhile, he won like 379 straight games by boring his while op- you were watching. By, bore, by boring his opponents to death. That's true. Um, they were all equally bored. I mean, I'm just saying. He and, he, and he did that. He actually won 379 games for 379 separate teams. That was pretty cool, too. But no, my point is, like, while Larry Brown is doing all of this, like, basically, you know, it seems like those teams are more of the pass-first, think-superstar, me-first-later, right? So if it's true, that what, if what you're saying is true, then maybe the NBA is just heading back towards the direction of a more, you know, I don't know, composed league, and this dress code goes along with that. Here's my next argument. Your point is well taken. I will also say that the last two seasons of Detroit and San Antonio defensive-minded, shut-you-down, Bruce Bowen basketball yes. have gotten way less television ratings than the Laker dynasty did, ah. and way less television ratings than KG or even the Phoenix Suns would get if the Phoenix Suns were in the finals. True. Which suggests so that we ought to have more do-rags. That it's better for the NBA to allow these guys to express themselves and just be what they're going to be. And if there's enough talent in the league, then the quality of play should be at a certain level, regardless of what the systems are. I see. Well, it's interesting to see the Me NBA too. trying to put that sort of, sort of trying to implement um, those things as they go along. Uh, I was thinking about this also. What you were thinking it made me made me think about as you were talking about this video game that I saw that I that I heard about on another podcast, which was this thing called NFL Blitz which is written by the same guy who wrote... The, the storyline for it is written by the same guy who wrote the very short-lived... No, it's, not, it's not NFL Blitz, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, no, wait, it is. Is it Blitz? It's called NFL because colon Blitz. We've played NFL Blitz... Oh, so this is like the new NFL right. Blitz, but it has a story about... Well, but no, here's the thing. Players, like raping people while they're not that, on the field. Yeah, that's exactly... These are the guy, It's the guy who did Playmakers. You remember that stupid <laughs> ESPN show, Playmakers? So as near as I can figure it out, this is yeah. Grand Theft Auto meets N- NBA Street. That's basically what it sounds like. Because you can do... NFL Blitz. It's, it's like it's it's a, it's so apparently like you can see, you can like send escort services to guys hotels you can put them on steroids but you might reduce their overall active athletic life like it, that's it's basically Grand Theft Auto with NFL that's what it is 
I think it's a great idea. The game Ooh. is going to be nuts. People are going to love it. It's going to blow up. It's going to be blown up. See, in now his what Story is doing is he's being the announcer of the uh, Nintendo 64 game that we did. You know, we did about yeah. seven to eight hours of also in a arcade session. game. Yeah. Also, like famous arcade game in every arcade in history. Yeah. NFL Blitz. <laughs> Where it involves like uh, after the play, like a defensive guy will just pick up some random lineman and like suplex him in the middle of the field. This, it was that game. Is this like a double dribble? Do you not no, know this game? Like right? double you master video oh, games don't NFL, know this game. I've heard NFL Blitz, but I hated all that stuff that that, that kind of street, you know, crap. I, I was never into that kind of. Business. It's the same exact company that made NBA Jam, which was like the two on two He's basketball on fire. game. Yeah, so I NFL that. Blitz was like the six on six football game. Yeah. No, that's right. I think I, I think I. Oh, made NBA Jam was great crazy. though. That was a quality yeah. game. I don't know. The, that's the same exact company. It was okay. I th- the, the problem was, I mean, I I never. I liked NBA Street was okay, but that was partly because I could design my own player. So it was kind of like role-playing basketball. <laughs> like I could develop my own character. Sure, I can hit a three-pointer from 500-foot range. Of course I can do that, you know. So, story, I think you should be uh, pleased at the yeah. news that refers to your state. I don't know if you heard this, but in Albuquerque, New Mexico... Oh, yeah. You, uh, have you heard that there is a uh, new anti-dangerous dog bill? No, but that's excellent. Well, did you hear that the author of that bill was hospitalized over the weekend after his own dog attacked him? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not. You've got to be making that up. Bob Schwartz, who is also Bill Richardson's crime advisor, was hospitalized at the University of Mexico <laughs> Hospital on Sunday night with bites on both his arms, said a spokesman for the governor. <laughs> I mean, He was wow. also the author of the anti-irony bill. <laughs> exactly. Indeed. I, I, that's very, very, I mean, I'm sorry, it's just funny. Since he's okay, it's funny. That's, that's all. And you should, and it's funny that it's right. coming from New Mexico. All fun and games. Until he's dead. Until he's dead. He's not going to well, die. Well, good for New Mexico. Always making the news. For good reason. Right. That's the New Mexico way. How about this? Foul play suspected in theater abduction. The star of a London West End theater company, a talented duck called Daphne, has been stolen just two days before opening night. The leading lady in Ducktastic, a spoof inspired by show business duo Siegfried and Roy. Duck has been stolen. Clearly I have to see this, whatever it is. It says, okay, I got to read this, this is very short. I'm very concerned she had done 30 performances and was our best duck, producer David Pugh told Reuters. An understudy duck called Saber is waiting in the wings. I hope it will be a case of a star is born, Pugh added. The police came and were very supportive. 45 minutes after the theft, a lady found an empty box in in Covent Garden. The box has been fingerprinted, Pugh said. The show was being staged at a West End theater not far from London's Chinatown, famed for its peaking duck dishes. I'm distraught. I found it too upsetting to walk through Chinatown afterwards in case there was any recognition, Pugh said. It's not often you have a West End star stolen. I hope they don't try to take this duck to water. It's a pure white Indian runner duck, and Indian runners don't swim. In desperation, he offered two tickets to the play and an invitation to the first night party for the safe return of Daphne the Duck. That is tremendous. That's a great, great story. I really enjoyed that. Oh, the other thing that I was going to mention before... Was uh, I was listening to On the Way to Work the other day, where I actually go occasionally. 
Uh, I was listening no. to sports radio. No, you don't. Uh, apparently, I log enough hours there that they are fine with it. But I got me. I don't know how that happened. Um, this morning, this was a national ESPN radio show, and this guy went on this tirade for literally 20 minutes, talking about how his show gets great ratings because he will talk about whatever anyone wants to talk about. And he didn't talk about Houston-St. Louis, even though they just played one of the most exciting playoff games in the history of the postseason with Pujols you know, hitting the three-run home run in the ninth inning. Right. He didn't want to talk about it because he knew that people just didn't give a crap about the Houston-St. Louis series outside of Houston and St. Louis. Sports fans apparently That's don't care about this. Like, I know you don't care about this, and I'm not going to talk about it. If you want to talk about motocross, I'm going to talk about motocross. If you want to talk about turd stains, I'm going to talk about turd stains. If you want to talk about your ex-wife and alimony, I'm going to talk about your ex-wife and alimony. <laughs> and he, for a half hour, he's over and over again. He's like, if you, if you want to talk about eating picking duck, I'm here to talk about taking duck. <laughs> But he's just like, over to like, I have no honor. I'm a dipshit. I'm a bitch. I will talk about whatever you want. I will not lead you. If you want to talk about non-sports issues, I'll do my best because it's all about ratings. That's all I care about in life. Oh, my God. It's over and over. I'm like, this is not something to be proud of, That's man. That's amazing. You, your show is about nothing but ratings. You're the Howard Stern Show. He's on his way to being the Howard Stern Show. Like, how is also, the logical conclusion of his argument not naked lesbians in the studio? LCS game. Uh, there isn't isn't like, the consequence of his argument that he needs to have naked lesbians in his studio immediately because his ratings will go up? You would think so. Um, Am I wrong on this? No, I mean, I'm perhaps. But also, everybody <laughs> cared about that NLCS game. I know. That NLCS game was that was a great game. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, I only I only great I happened to be out and I caught no. the last part of it. But I mean, it seemed like it was a really good game. You know, like I don't know why people wouldn't. I don't know. Uh, it, yeah, that's that's odd to me. Um. I read uh, Bill Simmons' column, I guess it was yesterday or today's column, about how he feels so bad for Houston fans because it reminds him of the uh, suffer long-suffering Boston fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, Bill Simmons is such a dipshit. I'm sorry, but he just... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This is the team that got swept in the World Series last year, and he's acting like they're the evil empire. Like, when was the last time the Cardinals won anything? Like, 83? So there's some big badass team that wins every year? Because they won in eighty four or eighty three. Hey man, you remember you remember the days with what's his face and who's a what's it and what the hell was the guy's name? The the lefty. Yeah, Stan Musial. He was really good. Hey Bob yeah, Gibson. He was, he was great. You guys had Bob Gibson in nineteen forty seven. Bob Gibson. Good job. Yeah. Well, see. I, I don't. Screw that. Like, why don't you give them some credit to Pujols for hitting one of the most dramatic home runs ever in postseason history instead of just being like, I felt bad. It was like a stomach punch. It was terrible. How about the story of Brad Lidge, who's considered like the heir to Mariano Rivera as the best closer in baseball, completely collapsing as they're about to clinch the pennant? How about that? No? We just want to talk about how horrible it is for Houston fans to have to watch that happen? That doesn't seem to me to be what the story is really about. Damn Houston fans! Well, you know it is. It is. It is interesting to see what's uh, what's going to happen. I mean, I find it hard to believe that a team can lose a game like that and just sort of be like, okay, well, everything's back to normal now. Like, I mean, I can't. I can't see how they pull themselves off the mat from that. I mean, I'm. I'm not saying the series is over, but I. I can't imagine that this is going to. They're, they're going to have to fight like mad now at this point to be able to pull it out at that point after a loss like that. 
I think if anyone can do it, it's uh, it's the rocket. He can overcome something like that. That's true. The rocket and a couple uh, of... Maybe his sidekick, Andy Pettit, but certainly the rocket. And his other sidekick, Balco. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think the cards yeah, win a squeaker tonight, and I think once the Astros have lost two straight, they just lose it. You know, they d- I think they can't recover from You that. don't think they're going to recover from two straight losses, meaning that they would be down 4-3 at that point in a seven-game series? Huh. No, no, no. I mean, two straight losses, like the loss last night, or... Yeah, two nights ago, and then the loss that I predict. For oh, I see, I see. So you don't see them winning a seventh game, is your point? Right, after losing two in a row. Yes. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think that this is going to be a definite swing game. And I think it'll be a very good game, but I think I think Mulder's going to be awesome tonight. And I think Oswald's going to feel the pressure a little bit and slip. It'll be like 4-2 to two or something. And that's going to be it. And then I don't care if you throw the rocket or the ghost of Sandy Koufax or whoever out there. It's going to be after ripping too much. after ripping his soul from the still living Sandy Koufax. You will pitch for us. No. <laughs> <laughs> is Sandy Koufax still alive? Really? Yes. His arm is not. Yes, yes, his arm is not alive. Basically, he wasn't alive even then. But uh, you sure he wasn't in that boating accident or something? Oh, no, you know, there's oh, just no geez. reason for that. Oh, speaking of boats, so did you guys hear about this Minnesota Vikings thing? I just found out about like the details of this today. Have you heard about this? They built a Viking ship. No, 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 no. You di- you didn't hear about this, did no. you? No, no, they yeah. This bum, was disturbing. No, not a Dark Age reference. No, I mean, and they went on a, a cruise, more. and they had some kind of crazy team orgy craziness. And now, that like, every player on the wow. team is under investigation. Wow. And so the team is actually going to improve once everyone is fired from the team. That's true. It's real so cleaning house. They'll start winning some games. Yeah. That's, uh, it's actually probably all just a setup, just for that purpose. Awkward. You know, I don't, I don't want to focus on this, but one of those, uh, those Cleveland Indian... Pitchers was was Ted Cruz. That was his name. Really? Yeah. Really. Who who That's lost to Ted? I still it's like a Cruz. Within the context of oh. topics discussed on the podcast, it's spooky. Oh, that is bizarre. That is as spooky as it gets. We've also got the power of McDonald's in Japan offering its first shrimp burger. A McShrimp. A shrimp burger. Shrimp burger. Why should, shouldn't they just call it small or something? Or like, you know, for light appetite? Call it McShrimp. They really need to call it shrimp burger. I just don't think that many people would buy it under that name. They're like, I just don't feel good about myself ordering this. I don't know why. Is this some concoction that's like their chicken nuggets where they just mash up a bunch of shrimp and then re-congeal it into some kind of burger shape? Well, yeah, it says that the shrimp burger developed, especially for Japan, is a bit similar to the filet of fish, except that it's filled with shrimp. It's the filet of shrimp. Ugh, gosh. Shrimpy. Now, the real question is whether, like McDonald's in the past, if they're going to uh, translate it or transliterate it. Because in Russia, everything in, uh, in McDonald's is transliterated. So they have a dish that is spelled out in Russian, filet of fish. 
and uh, it's <laughs> preposterous because no one knows <laughs> what <laughs> species <laughs> and does not use the Russian word for fish or for fillet or anything, or anything else like that. It's just you know, so people go up. There's big mac and things like that on the menu, and people have no idea what they're eating. It's just, you know, not the big mac means anything in Ronald our language either, McDonald, please. McDonald. Was there a big mac? Yeah, it's totally preposterous. Yeah. Yeah, well, when we were when uh, when I was in um, uh, Cork, you are a McFlurry shake, my comrade. <laughs> I take you like McFlurry shake. You know what? Uh, Gaelic country, the food doesn't is not fine in. Because I could tell a story about that. <laughs> what would that be, sorry? Is uh, Scotland considered Gaelic? I, I mean, I'm considering it Gaelic for this, the purposes of this. You're considering it salty? All right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the snack's very salty. Though. Oh, God. <sighs> salty snacks. All right, now we've been told that some of you have actually thrown out their backs while throwing up from the horrible food that we've been serving. <laughs> We would like to recommend to eat some crackers, which we refer to as the salty snacks. <laughs> this will heal you. They have the power of Jesus in them, which we organized before the tournament. Such Meanwhile, please, please don't sue. Please don't sue. No, so they never asked plea at all. Boils or leprosy. Oh, man. Or if you're maimed in any way, just eat the crackers. Come on, you stupid kid. Is this a Scott or is this Ringo Starr? <laughs> <laughs> Can't really well, tell. it all depends on which ear you're using to listen to it. <laughs> Do that. Don't speak up, sir. Scottish. There we go. Uh, well, sometimes it's Scottish I'm and sometimes not it's not. Yep. I never really understood, by the way. Can you guys explain? I, I mean, because I got there, I got here late. Can you explain what it is that possessed you guys to start stealing candy from the vending machine and then coming up pretending that it was Zork? I don't know that I ever actually heard that part of it. Um, I'll, I'm going to call it uh, fear of starvation. <laughs> yes. Okay. And the fact that I was dying. Okay. I'm also going to say and that this is story on we're my, talking the last about. day of my life, how I had to live alone. And that you had failed your logic class, too. Do you realize how how much story needs to be deprived of food to actually consider stealing food? It's true. Story. No, but he was stealing it. Not but he was food. stealing it from Nestle. And <laughs> Nestle's not a you know Nestle is a bad company that hates people. Right. I mean, that, beyond that's the moral issue, I'm talking about the practical issue of yes, that he actually would go out and get food. <laughs> that's true. a good point, actually. It's a good point he makes. So so the, so yeah. you were basically starving and decided um, to raid a candy machine. We were starving. And I was dying on top of starving. I mean, I wasn't just starving. I was also sick and dying in addition to starvation. And both of them were killing me. You know, both the starvation and and the death. Death of dying was killing uh, you. I fortunately traded the last 500 years of my life for two debate rounds and was not feeling like a good exchange. (laughs) Fortunately, Story's ailment did not affect the um, thinness of his wrists. (laughs) It's true. What? They they were already pre thinned. <laughs> okay, so I follow that. You're starving. It still doesn't that explain how you get from there to the candy machine and making it Zork. I don't see how you get to that part. Okay, the candy machine was the only thing that was available with food in it. And clearly, 
we didn't have enough Scottish money. And it was enough change. The issue was that it took change. It didn't take bills. And so we couldn't access the only food that was available because it was New Year's Day and everything was closed and everything that had food was closed. And even if anything were open, which it wasn't, and I mean nothing was open, even if it had been, I couldn't have walked there anyway. And nobody was going out to get any because it was all closed. So the only food that there was in the nation of Scotland available to us was in this vending machine, and we didn't have the coinage to... uh, to access okay. so clearly we had to utilize russ's skills as a hanger smith in a past life and uh my skills of thin wrists that were even thinner because i was dying and starving okay so where did you get from there to hang and uh well, well russ had to I, fashion a hanger okay yeah there's a little known legend that i'd heard as a child about old vending machines being able to be cracked open by men with extremely thin arms and so I looked down at it and I tried to stick my arm up there, and uh, I I could I could and see getting there. The I was test. like maybe he a half inch, maybe a half inch short, and I couldn't do. But I said I know a man with thinner arms than I have, <laughs> <laughs> and he's right over there. And I said, "Hey, story, come here, come here. Just just see if you can uh, see if you can just stick your arm up in there and you get some of that candy out." And he's like, "What?" I'm just like, "Just give it a shot. Give it a shot." How much did you guys... He could stick his arm up through the entire machine, past the shielding, <laughs> into the Rolos. The, the wonderful Rolos. It's true. Polos. They were called Polos. Rolo is American. You're right. The European Polo equivalent of Rolos. British equivalent of, of Lifesavers, Do they spell with a U? Not, not of Rolos. Uh, just P-O-L-O. Polo. So, okay, you did that. Where does the hangersmith part come? I mean, like, okay, I get that. What about the Zork part? Well, well, we'd gotten some bounty, and we decided to go for more. We decided we will not be satisfied with these lifesavers when we can get the actual chocolate <laughs> yummy candy, which was much higher up in the machine. So which I said, also ah, I was fashion. offered sustaining life as a possibility. So after we employed a young blind man to act as lookout, <laughs> I decided to fashion a hanger in the shape of a, a grappling hook, if you will. Okay. A candy receptor, which Story and his thin wrist stuck up into the machine and deprived it of the yummiest Reese's candies. And it's true. That was really the best prize was the, uh, the Kit Kat. Okay, now I follow yeah. all of this. I still don't understand where we got to Zork. When did Zork happen? Well, because, I mean, it was just what we were doing. We were in the wilds of Scotland, fulfilling ancient legends and uh, keeping ourselves from starvation and having rogues, you know, have their hearts turned astray. So clearly, uh, Russ was the hangersmith, and I had Apollo. 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 <laughs> Apollo. Yeah. I visited then my it, friend Russ, the hangersmith. Then it became a giant role-playing game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> then it was he a role-playing for game. me a hanger of finest quality. <laughs> I paid him two a coppers. Plus two, a plus two hanger. I then had a polo. <laughs> a polo. Oh, God. Did you guys get every bit of... A polo. Did a you polo. get every candy from the machine? Um, no. No, there were some that were too high and were thus inaccessible, sadly. And so there were a few that were really fun that, like, Story would attempt to hook with the hanger, and then they would get caught, mm. like, sideways on top of a row of vertical yeah. candy. 
So it was so apparent that somebody had tampered the hell out of that machine because there were like horizontal half dead candies like jammed into the piles. <laughs> no place not to mention there. that the first that it when you took out the candy. You didn't move forward the things that, you know, the little metal bars that roll and let the candy yeah. out. So if someone were to pay for the first, like, three rows of almost any candy, they would just watch the thing spin to know. They're all sitting there. They're so, sitting yeah. there, like, first week. Yeah, we, we ruined that machine. That machine is sitting there, like, the first service. week of February, yeah. and they're all like, you know, <laughs> it's three times expensive, isn't it? What's going on? <laughs> like, just like, oh my god. So you people true. could be extradited, you this know, to pay for this. This was me exacting my revenge on the nation of Scotland for trying to kill me with bad mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> you still blame the mayonnaise, don't you? I do blame them. I mean, <laughs> it's like, you, you still blame the bullet, Mrs. Kennedy. You sure? You still, you still blame that on your husband's death. Okay. How I don't know. I think it might have been the wind. But all right. Story into his sick starvation, but the mayonnaise man helped us to salvation. That's true. It's true. So, in the end, I am even with mayonnaise, but very much uneven with the nation of Scotland. Adam Zimmerman, mayonnaise man. It was so great. He was serving as a lookout. He would say such <laughs> things as like, guys, I think someone's coming. And we'd be like, that's probably just your reflection. He'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> It's true. There were amazing things. Or it would be Rebecca or something. And we're like, no, no, that's Reds. And he's like, oh, okay. But <laughs> it was how great. quickly, I don't though? think there were any even staff there at all, because we would have gotten changed no. from the staff nobody. if they'd been there. There was nobody there. There was no one home. They had left us in Scotland. It was New Year's. Scotland. It's true. Why, why would you do anything in New Year's? We probably could have trashed the whole building and nobody would have noticed. But look, how quickly, though, could you have Did removed your thin arm from the machine? How quickly could that have happened? Oh, pretty quickly. I mean, I wasn't, you know, stuck up there. I mean, I certainly... It would be could more about removing the evidence than the removing story. Yes, the piles of candy on the side while I'm sitting there, like, kneeling at the candy machine <laughs> and extracting my arm quickly, which had, like, little small red welts all over it from getting stuck at particular angles at times. Yeah. <laughs> There's it's nothing true. to see here. And not only did we have to keep refashioning the hanger, which would kept getting bent, and I would have to resmith it, but Story's arm needed to, like, had healing periods, where we'd have to, like, sit out for 15 minutes to allow Story's arm to regain this enough tension so that we could stick it back up into the machine with and him being able to grab it. How long did you guys really do funny. this? I don't remember this taking these many hours. Like It was like it was an endurance meter. <laughs> it was an RPG game with an endurance meter for the hanger. Or durability meter for the hanger and an endurance meter for Story's okay. arm, and they kept exactly. going back it's and true. forth. Exactly, it's true. My arm could not just take like sustained hours of being in there because it, it would be pressing on. Because the thing, the way these contraptions work, if you you know want to try this again sometime at home, huh. is uh, that the one thing flips up the door on the you know that where you would normally get the candy out if you were law abiding, flips up, and then the guard drops down at the same right. angle. So you have to get your hand through that window, and the more you open it up to give you room on one end, the less room you have on the other. So it's about finding that perfect, precise balance 
between door and guard and getting in through that chute. So, you know, and if, uh, ultimately the, the resting place that you find when you're actually doing the work is going to be somewhere where one side or the other is getting a little pinched. There's going to be some pinching. There's going to be some This section of the podcast brought to you by Ways to Save from Old Vending Machines. Try them out at www.wearrestme.com. We should name this one Steal This Podcast. <laughs> True, Tune in, turn on, steal no candy. Doubt. How much candy did you guys ultimately get for I this mean, endurance method of yours? We got like a a quarter of a backpack full of candy. <laughs> what is a quarter? <laughs> what does that, like that. that account for? We got, we got Ten Kit Kats, years of my five life Kit Kats, is what we got. Three Kit Kats, six Kit Kats. Kit Kats were the most premium item, though. They were hard to get. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. It's true. It's understandable. They're Kit Kats. During the divvying up of the spoils, the Kit Kats were definitely the most highly sought after item. We gave out a lot of polos. <laughs> yes, we, we distributed it to the whole American contingent at this tournament. This is extremely funny. We were like the saviors. We, we just went around. People were like dying, draped over chairs, starving, it's moaning, wailing, like and an we brought them candy. <laughs> we were the saviors. It was like an early Santa Claus visit. <laughs> totally true. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that whole trip I was very bizarre in the sense that was everybody, you know, one or the other people were sick and... Then, like, people would just sort of stay in their room for long periods of time, and it was just, it was a weird situation. But that was one of the greatest things ever done, in my opinion. And now everybody knows yeah. about it, <laughs> including yeah, including like the Eddie. Scottish police. Somewhere over in a small place in Edinburgh, some guy's like, Got him! <laughs> like... <laughs> it's true. Yes, Inspector Javert, live from Scotland. But I've been following them for five My whole years. life has been meaningless before now. Now I have meaning. I wonder what the... Uh, He's taking a photo right now. What's the limitations on uh, international candy <laughs> theft? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you... Well, we didn't smuggle any of it back, to be fair. We ate it all That's true. or disposed it, okay, it all. In Scottish Intra- International. International food now. <laughs> well, no, you guys heard about this, right? Which is to say, you guys heard about you guys have heard about the, the you guys have heard about the fruit nut police in Australia, right? Have you heard about this? Or Can no I one? interject yeah. for a second? I believe we're having a minor earthquake right now. Really? Seriously? How minor? Completely seriously. It was very minor. I would say it's like either okay. it's far away or if it's nearby, it's like a three. But the building's definitely shaking. Awesome. Crazy. Sweet. You are there, listeners. We, um, we well, woke up goes to an earthquake the other day. It's true. We, uh, we woke up the other day about two weeks ago to, to an earthquake in the middle of the night that uh, kind of freaked Emily out. And I, just, I was sort of half asleep, but I knew it was an earthquake. And it was like a 2.8 or something, but it was centered a mile away. So it was really short mm. and really insignificant, but it was like... Boom. Right there. Wow. Yeah, we just got about five or six waves of uh, building rumbling. It was pretty cool. And screaming children in the courtyard. How m- for no reason. How many earthquakes have you uh, have, have you uh, been personally connected to, uh, Russ, since moving there? Um, there was one, which was like a medium-sized one. Let's say, wow, it's still going. This is impressive. Really? It might not be so minor yeah. anymore. Yeah, be careful, man. I'm willing no, to say. I'm, I'm thinking that uh, even though it's not shaking a lot here, it's definitely impactful somewhere else. It might um, be shaking a lot. There was somewhere. one where I, 
Can we can we have a natural disaster every show? Like, can I burn down my apartment <laughs> in the first show, and then in the second show have the earthquake, and then the third show I mean, we'll have one of the hurricanes? Hit? I think we're running out. I think we're true. running out of I'm natural saying, disasters. There's a lot of natural disasters these days. We didn't even podcast when my apartment burned down, did we? That was not for that was not recording. No, no, that would have been great. No, that's a good no. point. But part of the reason for that that's though true. is because you were not feeling well, and um. I think that it would have been a bad scene. Well, are you sure you're okay? Like, maybe you're just really dizzy. And Yeah, are you shaking running. the building through your incredible super strength? Dizzy, so I hear rumbling, yeah. What about your super I mean, strength? I don't you, know. you just had a salad. I, After I had like a salad, I could shake the building. Earthquakes really are not supposed to last five <laughs> seriously. minutes, Russ. Like, seriously. <laughs> Russ ever. is like, it's I've still been in going, a lot of earthquakes. And the angel of death is and in front of And if they last five minutes, they're like... <laughs> 11.0 I'm telling you It's like still a, going An amazing 20.1 earthquake Just hit You know Mexico I'm sure Look I'm checking yeah. Yahoo News And I don't see anything About an earthquake Okay Well I mean it's never comes people in are like Moving like furniture In the penthouse Of my building That would be the only Other explanation <laughs> Would that explain The screaming courtyard kids I guess Maybe that's what it is People are moving Extraordinarily heavy things In the it's still going. Kids are like, ah, ah, ah. Let's see. Earthquake. No, seriously, and though. Los Angeles. No, it's really still going. Okay, it is no longer an earthquake. Okay. It is either a major truck, <laughs> an endless bomb, or an, an earthquake in excess an of 15. Bomb? <laughs> what? An endless bomb. <laughs> yes. It what is like a chain that? bomb that's just blowing okay, up. Okay, here's the thing, Russ. I'm looking at recent earthquakes. Um, I'm looking at the USGS Caltech seismic net, and this is as of five o'clock your time, which we just hit about two minutes ago, and I see no earthquakes registering here in the Los Angeles area from the last hour. I'm sure it takes a few minutes Again, for them to update. It says five o'clock. No chance that they would it report says it five the second it happened. There's no. They just chance. updated it. They report it like five to ten minutes after it started. Does anyone remember? Wasn't anybody watching the 1989 World Series when they like watched the earthquake happen and then they cut to Roseanne for five minutes because they were like, uh, "Game's canceled. We don't know why." And there was like five minutes, I swear to God, of Roseanne on the network. And then they came back and they're like, "Oh, actually, this was like a 7.5 earthquake that just destroyed the Bay Area." <laughs> it was crazy. It was totally crazy. But this is what happened in 89. There's like a delay. They cannot report earthquakes until, you know, five to ten minutes. That's just how it works. It takes them, they have to get it ready. They have to coordinate. They have to make sure it wasn't a bombing. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, I take that back. There may be an update. There may, in fact, be an update. Uh, I see there is an earthquake here listed. Um, you should actually report this earthquake, I think, Russ. Let's see. Where do you, Russ, where, how close are you to San Jose? I mean, it's possible that someone is driving, you know, an Abrams tank back and forth in the penthouse making, like, my apartment How close do you live to San Jose City Hall? Russ, how how close are you to King Um, City, California? I do. Or San Ardo, California? I live close to San Jose. San Jose, not How about San Lucas? I would not be feeling anything that happened in San Jose. How about San Lucas? Even if the Sharks won the NHL championship, I would not be... Hearing or caring how about, about San, how about yeah. San Lucas or New Idria or San Ardo? Okay, it's got to be furniture because it's still going. I, I'm still rumbling. How about my apartment? How about <laughs> Parkfield or Coalinga? 
San Miguel. Are you close to any of these places? It's still going, Greg. Kalinga. Kalinga, I've heard of, but it's not that far. Is How it really can you catalog going? a 15-minute earthquake? They can't catalog well, the it. It's 19.7. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Are you anywhere close to San, uh, King City? What's Russ, are you anywhere close to King City? Just say Los Angeles. Okay, okay. Somebody, somebody has a jeep Russ, up on the are you close to and they're backing it up and running it forward and back and forward Answer and back me. and shaking my apartment. <laughs> Am I near King what? City? Are you near to King City? I don't know. I'm not from here. I don't know where you anything is. You know where is. San Lucas is. Does it say L.A. or Pasadena or? All right, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you close yeah, to Doheny Drive? Oh man. San Lucas. I don't know. Because they report on this page. I'm on the internet. Does that help? I'm near I'm near where yeah, the internet tremendous. is. It says that um Does that help? <laughs> this is really it starting says, to sound like an Aquatina A micro earthquake occurred at four forty Pacific time on Wednesday, Please October nineteenth. I'm hooked up right now. I think you got it right here. It's a magnitude two point exactly. three event. It occurred 14 miles east-northeast of San Lucas, California. So if you're anywhere close to that, then it explains it. What is San Lucas? Place in California. How would I know? No, somebody's just racing shopping. They're racing shopping carts upstairs. That's what they're doing. It's still going on? They've, they're building a bowling alley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they're building, they're building it? It's clearly they've opened up a bowling alley upstairs. That's what it is. My, my bad. It's a bowling alley. I'm actually going to go play now because that's really exciting news for me. <laughs> they have a shake map, Russ. I'm about to go up there and start being like, could you stop having the apocalypse upstairs? I don't I don't care what you guys are doing. This is not are appropriate you, for Wednesday. Are you anywhere yeah. near San Clemente Island during the are weekday? Are you anywhere near San Clemente? Shut up! <laughs> I don't know these places. <laughs> There's a 4.1 earthquake there. Oh, that's tremendous. We're dying, and you're talking about San Clement Island. Have some perspective, man. The angels are bowling. It's thunder, eh? noisy hummers, and tanks, and th rolling. The rolling. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 422. These are all computer generated. He's gonna be like. Bangor, Maine. Are you close to Bangor, Maine? There was a 1.1 well, earthquake in Bangor, Maine, but it may have just been a truck. If it was We're not a, sure. If it was a 680 on the Richter scale in Bangor, Maine, there's a chance that I felt it. The Florida Keys. Are you close to the Florida Are you anywhere near Belgium? There's a hurricane-inspired earthquake in the Keys. It's still going. Let's see. Are you anywhere near Cabazon, California? Or Banning, California. Or Palm Springs. All right. I'm He's now really going not to attempt that. to move my cord as close as I can to my window, look up, and figure out what's going on. I may have to put down the microphone. If we hear, if we hear you screaming like and your voice getting farther away, things happening. is it being trouble? Like I'm going to shout what's going on Uberman to the microphone. Russ, please stay on the line. I'm putting down the headset. I can no longer hear you. When should we call the police when you hear, ah! Don't call the police until my apartment burns down due to spinach pie. Hang on. I'm putting the headset down. Geraldo Guberman. He's off. Okay. I can't actually see anything, but the rumbling continues. 
I'm not sure the building is stable. Um, may not be stable. They're actually blowing up your building. That's what's going on. I mean, is there shaking or just a rumbling noise? Yes, yeah, exactly. To be fair? Well, the walls in my building are very thin, so shaking equals rumbling. Rumbling equals shaking. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Like, the building was definitely shaking before I realized that the noise was coming from above me, so I thought there was an earthquake. Because that's what it sounded like when I there see. actually was an earthquake. Right. Actually, the first time there was an earthquake, there was a big explosion, and I have no idea why. It was like an exploding sound, like some concrete moved and some large <laughs> thing shifted to make a very loud sound. And so one of the women came out of their apartment downstairs, and she, like, announced to the rest of the apartment complex... They're bombing us. Who it's is, them. They're bombing. Who is they? And I'm like, who is bombing Doheny Drive? Yeah, they've come for Beverly Hills. That's it. It's over. The main tactical objective is complete. They've bombed the Beverly Hills. The apocalypse begins with Beverly Hills. Wow. We will strike at the heart well of your done, movie culture. Lady. It's an earthquake. You're supposed to live here. Why don't you know where you live, you idiot? It's an earthquake. Who's the terrorists? It's the terrorists. Oh, my God. Like those people in uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 who were in, like, rural Oklahoma, and they're like, eh, you never know. Get scared. They could come here. Because certainly no one would laugh at a terrorist for killing three people in Uncle Joe's Cafe in Eden, Oklahoma. Least significant yeah. attack. Yes, ever. Russ, damn it. If you All right, the rumbling is now beginning subside. to become less frequent. I'm going to sit back down and try to bear with the rest of this broadcast. I'm not going to leave this computer. Hello, have, have we lost Russ? We've, we've lost Russ. Uh, the bravery, in the the bravery of Russ Guberman. <laughs> you should, you should, uh, you should actually come to us, though, Russ, Eyes on video phone. Quick. As if Hello. 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 So, Russ, what, what kind of shouting, danger are you What are you experiencing? It's conflagration <laughs> and 34 giant moths. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get closer. Giant moths. I think you said giant moths. <laughs> Moth. Mob. Godzilla. Mob. Creature. Damn you. Japanese scream. The camera. You're like giant, giant mom. Oh, it's giant, mom. And a giant <laughs> mom. And that's all for now. Oh, that was very traumatic. Um, what happened? Okay, things are apparently you relatively safe in Beverly Hills. Believe it or not, things have now calmed down in the in the BH. The BH is safe. <laughs> BH. You can relax, America. The BH is secure. Don't worry. All of the spoiled rich people are fine. <laughs> Make sure you don't say that too quickly. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Oh my God, that's pretty funny. So, yeah, this is all. Um, I guess I'll go back to Jamba Juice and. What relax. happened, Russ, was that you actually live much nearer to San Ardo than you think you do, and you experienced a micro earthquake. That's what happened. It was a two. Just because it's named San doesn't mean it's next door, Greg. <laughs> Every San is you next door. You freaking racist! <laughs> racist? You're a racist. Because peep, the sand people will not stand for this. <laughs> the sand people. <laughs> You're racist against sand saints, people. Greg. Scare uh, easily, uh, but uh, they'll return, uh, and in greater numbers. Oh, the sand people. <sighs> yeah, that was one of the funniest and the only funny moments. Not to be confused with the sand people from Star Wars. Yeah, that's... No, it's the sand people. 
Yeah, the sand people. And Andreas San Luis Obispo, the sand people. San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, Santa Barbara. Yeah. That's like I always thought um, Jabba was Jabba the Hun, like Attila the Hun. <laughs> he's let himself fall away a little bit. But he's actually Jabba the Hut, like Pizza the Hut, like Spaceballs makes fun of him as Pizza the Hut. <laughs> I thought that was so ridiculous that he couldn't actually be Jabba the Hut. Chuka Attila. Oh, take a Viking helmet. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> you were like, that's yeah. so... He's just stealing it. Is this now Jabba relating the to the Viking story from earlier? Yeah, we connected it together. That's awesome. <laughs> we are amazing. It only took us three days to write this episode <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and since we have... And we had to teach you how to fake an earthquake. Oops, did I just read off of your line story? I've, my script is upside down, I'm sorry. Yes. Damn it. You That's said my You guys are letting it all come out. Sorry. I was going to say well, that. Well, since we've now broken the... Uh, uh, damn. Now, since we've now gone fairly substantially into it, I suppose we can uh, bid our dear listeners goodbye and prepare for another episode next week. Um, and hope that Russ makes it there without earthquakes. Oh, yeah. This was a good Indeed. episode. We had We had drama. We had danger. We had that's really some puns, that's really and we had oh, yeah. candy. Yeah, and puns. We had reminiscing candy. about crime, crime and punishment, <laughs> and uh, candy. Crime and, crime and punishment. Yeah, crime and punishment. Oh, oh no. Oh. Because oh, candy yes. would be no bar oh, yeah. to your feeding yourself. <laughs> yeah, no bar. Oh, uh, Polo, can we go? Oh, Jesus, awful. <laughs> I guess that's a rapper then. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, oh God. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh uh, well. So uh, yeah, there's nothing else we got. So um, until next week. And I was willing to risk my life for this listening <laughs> audience. We yeah. were hangering on it. We were hangering on every moment. <laughs> you better look out, man. You, you, you were like a machine. Out. Oh yeah. Shake things up a bit. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay.